Hello and welcome back to Deserted Island Dice. This time on the island we're joined by Bill Simone, co-founder of the Historical Board Game Awards. Of course we talk about war games, but as you'll quickly learn, Bill has a diverse interest in all types of tabletop gaming. We talk Pathfinder, war games, train games, you name it. It's a good one. Hope you enjoy it. Okay everyone, welcome back to our lovely little island. We're developing collecting quite the little board game collection that has washed ashore with our our lovely guests and tonight we have a new guest of course lucky for us maybe unfortunate for them that they are was washing ashore here on deserted island dice and i only learned this recently but it appears to me that they are floating ashore on a paper mache boat made out of pathfinder first edition books that I could very well be floating in on those. That That's absolutely true. If there's one thing I know about you, Bill, and welcome to the island, Bill, it's that it, it could probably be a, a few different things that you're watching ashore on. All right. Besides the Pathfinder, what do you? Th what else? Well, I have a prediction that you have uh, you have quite the war game collection, and I believe there's some other RPGs in your your collection as well. And I'm yeah, going to guess right. that there's some there's some non war game board games in that house again oh yeah just a few they they were gathering uh, uh space in my house way before the war games did yeah uh, and the rpgs i you know i don't know what uh I, i'm trying to remember the picture i sent you but uh you know i first started getting into dungeons and dragons when i was about eight or nine ten years old with um the original red box and which which was a hard sell to my mother because she was in the hobby store with me and it was right next on the shelf to the Eldritch Wizardry supplement. Are you familiar with the cover of that? Uh, I'm imagining that probably has some kind of Eldritch symbol, meaning probably a little closer oh, no, related she, to the She would have known that from one way or the other. It was a It's a naked lady on an altar. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that would be my second guess. And that, that out. Well... Well, very good. We have we have very similar interests, Bill. And for folks who don't know, welcome to the island, Bill Simone, uh, co-founder of the Historical Board Games Award with myself, and also three-time, three-time, with a caveat that this year's Last Man Standing Award was shared, Last Man Standing at Historic Fest. I'd say award recipient, but you just get recognition. Yeah. Hey, you know, it's a bonus for me uh, because I drive in and I'm, uh, what, 11, 12 hours away. I just stay till the next morning. So by definition, I'm pretty much going to be the last guy there. Well, there you go. Well, Bill, I'm, I'm happy to have this conversation with you. I'm looking forward to what we're going to talk about. You know how this works, but just so any new listeners may not know, uh, I gave Bill six categories for to pick one game in, and he can stretch those categories as much as he can, and he gets to wash ashore on our lovely little deserted island with that game. And then we'll do our hot seat, which is just rapid-fire questions. Any questions, Bill? No, sir. All right, well, let's get a category out of the way before we, and in between all these games, we're going to we're gonna talk about the things we love, which is board games and all their different variations and war games and Euro games and train games and, and whatever. But let's go ahead and cross one off. And I want to start with the big one first, because I there's just things I, I want to ask you about. Let's start with Deserted Island War Game. What is your pick? Man, you know, uh, it's got to be... You know, and depending on the day, I'm going to tell you something different. But here I am floating in. I have to make a choice, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I'm I'm going to bring the I'm going to be the guy that brings in commands and colors, ancients. Wow, 
I know. I, I knew I'd have you there, right? You, you figured it was either going to be uh, U.S. Civil War or Combat Commander, right? Exactly. I thought for so, sure it was going to be Combat Commander. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've been playing Commands and Colors now, uh, Ancients, uh, for the past year and a half or so, uh, every Sunday morning with the gentleman from California. So we get on uh, to Vassal and we uh, uh, we get to play and we worked through, I don't know, we're in the middle of the second expansion right now. So just a great way to just spend a, a couple hours and not have to think too hard and, sure. uh, uh, you know, roll some dice and, and uh, 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 trash talk a little bit and, and enjoy the day, enjoy the day. Yeah, Commands and Colors, and for those who don't know, that's the same series as Memoir 44 and stuff, is the epitome to me of beer and pretzels. Uh, and I think some of those games punch pretty well, considering their weight. Like, they they can punch above their weight a good amount. It's not, you know, they're not the meatiest games, but boy, can they be a lot of fun. And when you throw elephants in in the mix, Commands and Colors Ancients can can be a lot of fun. I like Ancients. Uh, it's a surprising pick, but I, I respect and uh, applaud the pick. <laughs> Well, I figured U.S. Civil War is already on the island, so I'm glad I didn't float in with it. Of course. So, well, I, I kind of thought some questions beforehand, and but it was prefaced on the fact that I was guessing. So last year in the in the historical board game draft, actually, it was just it turned into a whole board game draft. It wasn't limited to war games. Bill surprised everyone with the first pick overall, picking Combat Commander Europe. Well, yeah, that's because I tried trading down. So you, I uh, pretended I was going to pick U.S. Civil War to try to get uh, a, a favorable trade from you, but you held fast and, and strong, and and uh, so uh, hey, I had to go with CNC or Combat Commander Europe. Yeah. So what what gives the edge in the? Because it's not a two different question, right? Like one question is you wash ashore on a deserted island. The other is you can only have the games that you select in the draft in, in your collection. What what gives the edge this fall as opposed to last spring where Combat Commander won out? What gives Commands and Colors the nod? It, it really goes back to the fact I'm playing pretty much every week. And okay. and so it's just become uh, a part of the week I'm really looking forward to. Uh, the fellow I play with, he's a great partner to play with. And and so it just brings up those those memories and the happy feelings, right? So uh, yeah. Like I said, tomorrow I might tell you it's Combat Commander. The day after, I might tell you it's a U.S. Civil War. Um, um, and then I'm sure we'll get to the other games uh, and other genres that are near the top of my list uh, later. But, uh, you know, those are probably the, the couple of games that, that I think of or I get are my old mainstays now. As much as I love the U.S. Civil War, it's not a game that casually comes out. And the other two, Combat Commander and Commands and Colors, are. Very good. I my my favorite game is, is well known, and it, it sounds like maybe one of those three are your favorite game, and that's that's not particularly the question. I heard this or read somewhere. Someone posed the question, and that's: Do you think that you've played the best game you've ever played? And I'll narrow that down. Do you think you've already played the best war game that that Bill Simone will ever play? It's so subjective and i i I chewed on it with the u.s civil war is that forever the best game i've ever played but and obviously this is just dumped on you now and it's so hard to imagine what the future will hold and what kinds of new game innovation will come about but do you think bill simone has played the best war game that bill simone will ever play oh wow i'm I'm gonna say no to that 
Okay. Uh, simply because there are way more games that I haven't played than I have. And in a, just a sh- few short years, I'm going to be hitting that retirement age. Mm-hmm. And, and much to my wife's chagrin, she already knows that it's going to be uh, uh, a war game retirement. <laughs> well, I like it. And I, what I really like, and if, if you go back and listen to when, when we started this series, a lot of and what Rich and I talk about is a lot of the things that drive my feelings and, and passion about games is the experiences. And so I really like that you chose Commands and Colors Ancients because one, it's a ton of fun game, but of recent experiences, because it sounds to me that you're enjoying the pants off of, you know, playing in a weekly game of, of Commands and Colors. And that's awesome. And that's one of the reasons why I like you know, Civil War so much is every experience I get out of it is is phenomenal. But yeah, you know, and that's that's an important part of it. I, I think back, I, I remember more uh, the experience of playing the games sometimes than I do the games themselves. Of course. Uh, you know, and I find myself getting interested in historical topics. Why in the world do I care about the Franco-Prussian War and in, in the Battle of Marge Latour, right? Other than I played uh, at any cost Mets 1870 with somebody. We had a hoot doing it. Right. Um, yep. You know, and then I go get we go get books. Both he and I separately have gone and gotten books and read up on the battle and and more. And it's just like that gateway into just so much going on there, right? To learning and to enjoying history. Um, we could have a whole conversation, and, and maybe we will about like what makes a war game fun, and maybe we'll pencil that and come back to it later in the episode. But the experiences matter so much. I've always said that my my hang up with Combat Commander is my play experiences with it. Fortunately. Uh, Mitch Land recently came to the rescue and we're, we're calendaring my return to combat commander, but my play experiences have been so bad. And I know that's not a fair rep. Like that's not dealing a fair hand to, to combat commander. I know I'm going to like it. It's just the experience hasn't been good. So experience matters so much in in our hobby. It does. But you know, the thing about combat commander is it's a very polarizing game. It is uh, very luck driven. Now, the skilled players will find a way to mitigate that luck. Of course. But uh, until you are many, many games in, and I'm talking several dozen, you ha- might have no clue what the heck you you could do even to mitigate that luck. And mm-hmm. so it becomes, um, if, 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 if someone doesn't like that apparent randomness and that appandum, uh, apparent luck of the draw uh, to it, it's going to put a sour taste in your mouth. Um, and, and so I understand the folks that don't like it. Uh, I've been lucky enough. I, I get a monthly game of it now, thanks to the uh, Combat Commander ladder that's out there. Uh, Patrick Pence runs that from Patrick's Tactics and Tutorials. Uh, and, and so he's organized it's over 100 people to play every month uh, in, a, in a ladder tournament, ongoing ladder tournament. So getting those repetitions in and, uh, you know, people who take the game seriously but don't take it so seriously that it, winning is the only thing, uh, it's been great. So coming back to the experiences, uh, you know, I'd say of the of the thirty some games I've played on the ladder, uh, I think there might have been one person that I'd like. Yeah, I'm not sure if I want to play with this person again. And mm-hmm. that's a pretty good batting average. Absolutely, yeah. I have follow up questions, but we we do have to keep the topics moving, and we'll come right back to this. Uh, let's get one out of the way that maybe we won't spend a lot of time on, and that's what card game are you washing ashore with okay 
Uh, it is called Hands and Feet. It is a Canasta uh, wow. variant, which Canasta in and of itself is a variant on uh, Remy 500. Yep. So uh, it is a, uh, I just need to make sure I've got plenty of decks of cards, plain old decks of cards with me. Uh, you need, you need the, one more deck than you have players. And so as long as you got that, you can go. And so it's very Remy-like and can spend hours while and away, again, beer and pretzels and trash talk. Okay. Is this a particular thing that just holds a lot of nostalgia? Like, I have a lot of nostalgia playing Rummy. And then, even with the like massive explosion and popularity of, of trick taking games, which just over the last two years have so many trick takers are coming out. They're like the new roll and write, in my opinion. Um, I play a lot of spades, and spades may be my card choice if I ever washed ashore, like with a pick. I, I guess I'm already on the island. I don't know if spades is it or not, but. Spades just holds a lot of nostalgia because I played that almost pre-kids. I played it every weekend with our in-laws. So is hand and foot a nostalgia thing? And do you still play play it a good amount? Uh, you know, uh, uh, it's something that uh, I play with my mother and, and my wife and my kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's it's a game that didn't come into my life till I was already an adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, we played rummy and uh, uh on the porch on summer nights is a turn the lights on, put the ball game on the radio back in the day when you couldn't watch baseball anytime you wanted on the TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Listen to it on the radio every night and we'd sit and until the light went away, uh, uh, play cards. And, uh, uh, for one reason or the other, too long of a story to go into. Uh, my mother learned this game, uh, and introduced it and it was familiar enough that we'd give it a try and different enough that it, uh, uh, rarely replaced any other card game we played. I love it. I love it. And I got to tell you, I, I still listen to Royals game on the radio because I think MLB, and this is not an MLB podcast, but I think MLB's biggest problem is is watchability. Of I can watch every single NHL game on, on ESPN+, Plus except for the Blues, um, the, without paying hundreds of dollars over the summer. But so I still, I still do the radio. And when, and you know, Denny does, Denny Matthews voice of the Royals does less and less games, but it's still, it holds this, this charm to it. So, uh, you, you say before you could watch every MLB game you want on, on demand, which is right. You can do that. But to me for baseball, especially it's, it's all about turning on the radio. I even have this old, old style radio from my, I have this old junker I keep in my office. And then I've got this old one, like old style, that uh, that is particularly nostalgic for me uh, that I put in the the family room and, and listen to the Royals on. So I'm right there with you. I, I enjoy a ball game on on the radio still. Yeah, it's the best way. Absolutely the best. I way. Ag- agreed 100. percent All right, I want to ask you this like big overarching question that we'll never come up with an answer to. You know, I've I've asked past participants why we play board games and historical interests and escape and all that stuff. There's great answers, and I alluded to this that this would be a topic, but what makes, in your opinion, a not necessarily a good war game, but a, a fun war game? What makes Combat Commander fun? What makes Command and Colored Ancients fun? Or something that's not fun? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I know. I know. It's this big, like, we're not going to have an answer. No. And- so, you know, I think Combat Commander scratches the same itch as like a Memoir 44, right? That that uh, part of the brain in, in, that was ingrained upon kids of my age about World War II and, and how heroic mm-hmm. it was and the stories that come out 
Yep. And and so those kinds of games scratch that itch, right? Right. And uh, I think when you find that those games like that appeal to you, you start thinking about what else is out there and and what else can immerse you in what's going on on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could be simple games like mostly what we've been talking about. Uh, it could be more complex games like, you know, any of the OCS uh, titles there that that I'm, uh, you know, hey, I, I, I was lucky enough. I had Ardwolf uh, uh, teach me how to play OCS and and give me some some pointers there. Uh, I don't have a regular gaming partner that would uh, care to uh, uh, dive into that uh, locally. So uh, that's one of my, you know, retirement things to scratch that itch of, of, of exploration and whether it is the historical topic itself or the desire to, uh, you know, dig into tactical and strategic opportunities and to see, you know, you're, you're, you're pitting yourself sometimes against the opponent. You're pitting yourself against the situation the designer is putting in front of you. Uh, you know, that, that, that intellectual stimulation and the, and the competition, uh, the, the healthy competition that that can instill. That's what I really like about it. Uh, like about wargaming. I, I think that's incredibly well said and accurate. I share a lot of the same feelings you hit on a lot of like buzzwords and keywords that I, that I would, I would pull out one, like very, uh, maybe not tangential, but just one more zoomed in reason why that I I've been thinking about this is what, what makes the U S civil war so fun to me? What makes, uh, GCCW or Pacific War, or any of the, these games that you know sit near the top of every war game ever list, and I think for me it's a, it's a an illusion or actual option to explore the actual game. So I agree one hundred percent. Exploring the historical topic that that is fun for me. I, I enjoy that, but also exploring different ways to solve the solution that's in front of you, whether that's tackling a scenario in commands and colors ancients there's you're not going to tackle the same scenario twice in in most of them maybe there's some that are clear cut and this is what you do and in combat commander the tactical scenarios are going to be different in how you how you tackle those and then the u.s civil war is always are you going to try this this game are you going to focus here or there or whatever and that's one of the most things about war games for me and i I like all kinds of games and it 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 just translates so well to the things that are my favorite always have this option of different ways to tackle the game and that's why i think i don't like other games when they don't have the options if that if that makes sense oh yeah it absolutely makes sense i mean if, you, if you're going to spend a couple hours doing something you know do you really want it to have very few meaningful decisions or right. uh you, you know uh, if, if that were the case, Monopoly and Candyland would still be popular as you get older, right? Right. And, and, uh, and into the games. And, and that's just not, not the case, right? I, I want there to be some tension to it. I want, I want to burn my brain playing games. Now, I don't know very many people that are like that. The folks, the, the, you know, the people I'm mostly surrounded with, when they get together for a game, they want to shut the brain off and, and enjoy the company and really the game being the secondary activity, right? So I understand I'm not wired the same as everybody else. But I think that that's a whole other interesting topic of, of where's the fine line between complexity and, and I won't even say fun, but just complexity and engagement uh, or yeah, yeah 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 because there's simple 
games that still give me the option to not play in a similar way every time. Gosh, even spades, right? Like you can be super aggressive in spades or or not. You know, it's it's uh it's an interesting line it's a careful line to walk with engagement and complexity and complexity for me doesn't always equate to to fun that's for sure so it's not a it's not complexity isn't part of the fun equation for me it's more my my point being is you can have the option of the illusion of choices without being complex right okay yeah that's absolutely true let's do your non-war game board game oh man we got to, you know, we almost have to segment that down into smaller categories. And and I'll tell you, and I'll, I'll name a couple of games here really quickly. You know, if you're going to say, you know, I'm an 18xx player. You and I play a game once a year face-to-face 18xx. Right. Uh, and if I needed to pick one that uh, is going to be the hold on, one hold I on have now. to play. Uh, let me interrupt real quick. Yeah. You have train games coming up. Okay. Okay. So I'll say did that. I forget to, did I forget to save... You know what? I think the list maybe I sent you didn't include train games. That's fine. That's I'm looking good. at a list where I added them because it was Patrick. Save train games. I'm going to give you a bonus topic. Okay. We'll skip. I'll skip the train game then. So uh, here, I'm going to go the exact opposite. You know, we'll start. I'll talk about a, a very casual game then. Sure. Uh, I think the Castles of Burgundy is yes. one of the more interesting, uh, easy, light games that, that are out there, right? You yep. can play quickly, get a game in an hour. It's a great, great uh, school night or work night game, uh, and there's enough variance to it that it makes things interesting. And uh, you know, if you're playing with uh, uh, variable boards to start, you have a different puzzle to solve every time. Uh, and there's a you know a little bit of competition with the other people, not a ton, uh, but there's just that little bit of uh, interaction with other players that really uh, uh, makes it fun. And it, it's a great game for online play, too. I think uh, mm-hmm. I've played nearly 300 games of it, and the vast majority of those have been online. Holy smokes. I just I just recently started playing like a resurgence of it on, on VGA. I need to pull it out with my wife. And I, it's a great two-player game. I mean, it's oh, just so a good... Yeah, it's excellent for that, right? Yep. So, I mean, that's up there. Brass. Have you ever played Brass? I've not. I've always wanted to. You know, I think you'd probably like it. It's It's... It's an economic game, but also has some of the, it's, it scratches the same itch. It, it's not the least bit like an 18xx game, but it scratches the same itch for some people where you have to be th- figuring out, I'm probably explaining this, I'm not explaining it well at all, but it, it just is an excellent game. Um, and so I highly recommend it should get pulled out at some point. So which which do you wash ashore with? Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, you know, I've got enough light games coming with me. I'll bring brass. Okay, good. You can teach me. Yeah, there we go. That'll work. So this seems as good a point as any because you mentioned that that games like Castles of Burgundy populated your shelves before war games, it sounds like. Or maybe RPGs did. But let's go ahead and, you know, I didn't give you a chance to to give your origin story, to give your your background. Tell everyone a little bit about, about Bill and, and your gaming history. Yeah, you know, I first uh, became acquainted with Avalon Hill Games Thanks to uh, the older kid across the street from me. We lived on a dead-end street and uh, uh, not many kids his age around. And so he slummed it with the with me. I'm six, seven years younger than him. Uh, and um, uh, he would say, hey, you want to learn this game of, it's called War at Sea or Midway uh, or Gladiator. Uh, oh. 
so he would teach me these Avalon Hill games and we play them all summer long or whatever out in his front porch. And, uh, that was my introduction to war games. Uh, and then for years and years, I really didn't do much. I mean, I, I, you know, he grew up, went to college. So there was the person I was playing with gone. Uh, I went to college all gone. It wasn't until I had my son and he was turning, I don't know, four or five. And I'm like, okay, we need, we need better games for him to play. He's a smart kid. You know, everybody thinks their kid's the smartest, right? But uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm right. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, we needed something more engaging for him to play to use his brain. And so, uh, you know, at four years old or, or, or so, I said, you know, what, what games are out there now? I have no idea. And so I uh, did a little bit of research and ran across uh, Days of Wonder, uh, the company. Mm-hmm. And I said, ooh, there's this Memoir 44 thing. What little kid oh. doesn't like playing with army men, right? Uh, transferring my own you know, thing from being a kid to him, right? Uh, and then secondly, they had Ticket to Ride. And I'm like, well, is this you know, looking online? He's four. Can he handle this? I said, heck with it. We're going to buy him. We're going to play. And so that was the, the crack in the door uh, that got me back into gaming uh, was that. And it didn't take long after that to say, you know what? I really enjoyed those war games. Do they still make those things? Mm. You know, Memoir 44 being one example, but uh, I remember, you know, the, the the games with chits and and maps and, you know, and all that and see see what uh, was still out there. And I said, like, oh, they're, they're not just out there. They're still a thriving uh, uh, game uh, scene here. And so that's when I dipped my toe back in and... Uh, uh, yeah, now I've got, I think, 10 Calaxes full of games. Whoops. Oh, wow. Wow. Now, if I if I was honest with myself, I'd probably be close to that. But, like, I have this rule where everything's got to fit. So everything fits up here. But don't ask me about our sub-basement and what's all down there. Uh, so what's well, the blend? What's the blend on your Calaxes? If you were just to guess, like, 20% RPGs, 40 war, 40 non-war? Like, no, what you, you nailed about? it. I'd say it's 20, 40, 40. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I was collecting the the Pathfinder stuff even when I wasn't playing a game uh, because I found I liked the lore to it. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to get this stuff. And I enjoyed yes. reading it and, and whatnot. And then I did start up a game uh, playing a couple times a month uh, with some folks casually. No no long-term campaigns, just just doing some some one-offs and whatnot. But did all yep. that. You know, I, st- well, I already mentioned I started on the old school AD&D stuff or D&D, Redbox and AD&D. So, you know, just I've been lucky enough to have uh, to live in places large enough that I haven't had to uh, worry about space, mm-hmm. which helps. But I'm, I'm uh, uh, at that point now where I do have to start thinking about space. The last time I ran out of space, I said, well, I've got room for one more bookshelf. And uh, <laughs> and that was the last time I'm able to do that. So now it's it's almost a one-in-one-out sort of situation. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm almost on the verge. I'm, I'm very tempted to do it. I think I will do this, is pulling everything off the shelf and bringing everything up and then just saying everything's got to fit for real this time. And, and you know, that forces some some tough choices as well because, well, I'm looking forward to when you retire, Bill, and then you can tell me how green the grass is on the other side. Like, how much of these are you actually punching off your list? Because there's a lot of retirement games on my shelf. Oh, Yeah. Well, let me tell you, the, the grass is greener on the other side there because you just freed up 40 plus hours a week that you didn't have to go into the to, to work. 
yeah but then it'll uh, probably be like oh well i have more time so let me just get more games <laughs> uh, it might be it might be and you know maybe i'm kidding myself as to how much time i'll really spend doing it but i think i will you know i it's what i want to do it's what i'm interested in i want to dig into series and and really get some of those played that i've got on my shelf course i'm not going to wait till i'm retired that's too far in the future uh um, yeah so uh starting here in october i'm going to be working through the battles of the american revolution uh series of games so played those a couple times including i played a, um the newest game white plains at no i didn't play that at uh, uh, historic fest i played uh, guilford courthouse at historic fest i uh, really enjoyed yeah. it i played white plains at buckeye game fest earlier in the year loved it so were those uh, your first two experiences with with that series? Uh, I played one other before that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's a great series. I always say it I need to go back to it. It's it a lot is. of fun. So, you know, I now have, uh, I'm waiting on the second try pack and then I'll have the whole series and, uh, but I'm going to start now working through them. Very good. Well, we've, we've mentioned a couple times some RPGs, so let's go ahead and cross this one off the list. Uh, what RPG are you washing ashore with? Well, I got to bring the Pathfinder stuff, okay. right? It pains me to not be saying my original, uh, well, my AD&D stuff, but uh, just the sheer volume uh, of the Pathfinder means uh, we've got we've got years and years of play in front of us. Let me ask you this: so you're obviously all of most of your collection, from what I could tell, was Pathfinder First Edition. If you if you washed ashore with with the same amount of stuff, because there's there's tons of second edition stuff, and and converting from first edition to second edition is easy, and because I've gone full board in the second edition is if you had like a a clean opportunity to be like your collection will be replaced with second edition if you chose to wash ashore with second edition no would you, no, would you make it. the switch okay nope. okay that nope, wouldn't do it uh i actually uh my my experience with pathfinder second edition is um a menace under atari which is what you're playing on the black uh black lodge trivia night show yes. right thank you for the plug yes yep yep i you know you'd hand me the 20 bucks later <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, that's my experience with it and I get what it's trying to do and it's, it's perfectly fine. I'll, I'll sit down and play uh, anytime anybody wants to play that, but there's something about the, the first edition just clicks with me and it's probably familiarity, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a D 20 system, pretty much, pretty much straight up, you know, off the rack, not a whole lot of things changed from the original D 20 if you really are being honest about it and it's just easy to go. Plus, well, you said, Hey, magically converted to second. So I guess that wouldn't be the excuse, but I'm fine with first as it was. Okay. Okay. I really, you know, since, since we're on the pathfinder topic and it's not an RPG podcast, but we, I've been playing a ton of it lately, just Paizo's writing since the second edition stuff came out is I think the best in the business. Has it always been that good? For the most part. I mean, obviously, like, there's some stuff that's that's not good that they've put out that I've read up on, like, when I'm like, oh, should I get this adventure path or anything like that? But even oh, just sure. the, there's, there's always turkeys in with the gold, right? I mean, yeah, that's, that's the case everywhere. I'll be honest with you. I haven't really done much other than Paizo since I started uh, in with that, uh, you know, several okay. years ago. Yeah. So comparing to what's out there right now, I, what I'm seeing coming out of Wizards isn't exactly uh, mm -hmm. uh, earth shattering. Mm -hmm. but the bigger you are, the less chances you take, the less, you know, the more you have to conform to what people expect of you. So it really should be a surprise to anybody that, that Wizards is, is not on the bleeding edge anymore. 
I'd still go with if if you really want ex- experience on 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 something interesting, probably find some something that started off as indie and maybe has gotten hot or uh, maybe rules light. I mean, if you if you look out there, there are a ton of systems available to you, mm-hmm. and the indie scene in RPGs is just probably a golden age right now. Oh yeah, agree one thousand percent. And as much as I I would love to stump for Pathfinder Second Edition, I'm I'm loving it. I love reading everything about it. There's two adventure paths that I, I look forward to running after some point after Minnesota Atari. But the deal with Pathfinder is D and D is not a rules light system, right? It is not actually that easy. It is once you're familiar with it. But Paizo or Pathfinder, excuse me, is and I I assume first edition is somewhat the same level. Pathfinder second edition is several levels above fifth edition. It is one of the crunchiest systems I've experienced completely. And yeah, again, and, yep. What, what I'll just say, and then I want to hear your thoughts. It's got the same thing of why I said war games are fun with Pathfinder second edition. I don't know about first edition. You have a million choices when you go into combat with just different basic actions you can do. Maybe the right action is to hit them with your sword. But just knowing that there's 30 things you could be doing instead of just hitting them with your sword is is what really excites me about Pathfinder. Plus all the other stuff. Great adventure paths. Great writing. I love the lore. Uh, that type of thing. And so it's, it's a great system, but it's also not like... Minnesota Atari is really well written. It helps you learn the system. It's a very crunchy, meaty RPG. It's a heavy RPG. It really is. Yeah, and and that was actually one of the reasons why I was hesitating actually picking that over, say, AD&D. Mm-hmm. D&D First Edition, AD&D, same thing, you, you know, had plenty of options, but at the end of the day, it was a pretty fixed and closed system for a right. lot of years. Fewer options. To be honest with you, the thing I like least about, you know, whether it's fifth edition D&D or Pathfinder, either edition, is is purely the amount of character optimization and, and you're choosing from hundreds of options as you're creating a character and you add it together with your the the uh, race or background of the character, whatever they're calling it now. And, and you know, it's just more than I want. That's not what I want to get into to uh, RPGs for. I want the sword and sorcery. I want I want uh, you know to be immersed in a story uh, mm-hmm. of our own making at the table, not a railroad or anything like that. But I want to be in those tales and books that we grew up with, or the movies we grew up with. But we're making our own at the table. Yes. And I don't need books and books and books of choices or character optimizations to get that. I respect that. I I like I like having those options on my character, but also oh, yeah. Yeah. I want the I want the I want the same thing you do. I think I want I want both both things. I want tons of choices, and not not because I want it from an optimization. I don't want to play like the strongest character, or whatever. I just want the ability to to pick this and then blend it with that, and then jam some of this in there. Whatever those components are. Um, one of my favorite things is is in depth character creation, and, and uh, Pathfinder has that in, in spades. Oh, absolutely! Well, you, you watch ashore with with first edition. I'll watch ashore with second edition, and we will do some serious exploration of Galarian. There we go. 
There we go. I don't mean to put you on a spot, but do you have like a favorite, like just little aspect of Pathfinder lore that, that you've read up on or anything like that? Because I have one that, that always comes to mind just like since I've been diving in, which is about one of the gods. Oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> picking one is going to be really hard <laughs> because uh, at one point I was, uh, I guess I still am technically, but I've been act- inactive for several years. Uh, as an administrator on the Pathfinder Wiki, which is all oh, about wow. the lore. That's the awesome. lore was a part that I really, really love. I, I I really get a kick out of how they were able to take real world cultures and mm-hmm. uh, situations and, and through various times of actual, you know, actual in quotes, you know, earth history and, and plop it into a setting that, that makes sense. I mean, it is hilarious that you have an entire country that is basically the French Revolution, right? <laughs> uh, the, I get a hoot out of that every every time I uh, think about it. You know, you have a country uh, that is basically every Victorian uh, horror tale, you know, yep. brought to life with the mm-hmm. with the dark. Everything's dark and 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 uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to explain it. I'm losing the words, but it, you know, it just brings these different. Um, themes and genres and settings and is able to put them in in a coherent way so i'd say i'd say that and and having the central mystery of the that'll never be solved and never published which is hey why is the world the way it is and why you know the death of the god aridan and and uh uh, why is it seems to underlie so much and i love that they're never going to answer that question right yeah so the the pantheon you mentioned Aridin, and just the pantheon is one tiny aspect of pathfinder that i love and then if you carve that even down and i'm sure you know this story and that's that's caden uh Kalian, which is oh, yeah. one of one of the gods and he uh his symbol is a uh a stein uh, a tankard and caden Kalian was a human who got so drunk that he doesn't remember completing and passing tests of the star stone, which is how one ascends into God becoming a God and and pathfinder. And so he got so drunk and that he became one of like three mortals who passed the test and become a a God. Now Razmir has something to say about that. He says it was four, four. Okay. Who's no, no, (laughs) I don't get it. Well, Razmir for you then. Okay. Okay. says He's a God. Oh, nice. Okay. I need to look into that. That's awesome. See, I mean, it's just, the, it's, it's a very immersive world and it's, it seems to be really well written. And uh, yeah, anyways, apparently we need to, we need to talk some more Pathfinder, Bill. I love it. Okay. Let's get another one out of the way. Since I, I know you have one waiting in the wings, what train game are you washing ashore with? Yeah. So uh, you and I are probably on different spectrums of what we really like in a train game. And, and the reason I say that is that if I had to come with just one, and, and I do, right? Because there was only so much, so many things I could save as I went overboard. It's going to be uh, what I'm going to call the granddaddy of them all, and that's 1830. I love it. I respect that. I think that's a, a great choice. You know, it is infinitely replayable, I believe, but it still is that it's that distilled down basics of what the system brings. Now, are there better games? There probably are, you know, I'd have to admit there probably are better games than just that. But it, to me, it's the one that no frills, 
I think it's of the probably one of the easiest to get people into. It's explainable. You play it a couple times and you're like, okay, I've got this. And you can be competitive at it and you can bring the knives out. Yeah, I think that's you can bring the knives out and you can bring the knives out in stock shenanigans. And then you can also run good companies, right? I mean, it's, you know, I, I like 1846 a lot, but it's very much about you make your company and you run a good company and get lots of cash. And it doesn't have a lot of stock shenanigans, but 1830 can have that in spades. That's right. That's right. 1846, you can do some mean track plate placements, right. but eventually those will get out uh, unwound. Of course. Uh, but, you know, I can't get my head around some of these games with the mergers, you know, that um, uh, I don't necessarily understand how to, uh, optimize uh, planning for those and whatnot, and that's fine. That's uh, I still enjoy playing them, but that base 1830 system uh, is, I think, the one. I know it's not the first. I know 1829 was first, but I think 1830 is the the better of the two. I like it. I like I like a and not even a gimmick, like in a, a bonus feature, like in 32 where you have the the merging into a system, or 41 where you have companies buying other companies and doing mergers and stuff. Like I like that. But then I'm wondering, like, on an island, 30 is probably the safer pick. Because what if you get tired of your gimmick? And maybe if you want, like, a lot of gimmicks and a lot of shenanigans and a lot of levers to pull, maybe the, then the right answer is 1817. See, I love me some 1817, too. So, yeah, you know, I'd be happy playing 1817 as well. You just need, the problem with 1817 is you need, on the island, you need five people who understand 1817. Is, that's going to be the tricky part, but I guess you have you're on an island. We're getting there. We're, we, it's 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 adding up pretty fast. Yeah. Well, you can be the one to teach uh, Scarlett Johansson 1817. If I, I have to, I will. I will. I will uh, bear that cross. Thank you for falling on that sword, Bill. <laughs> you, we appreciate that. Okay, Bill. Last topic, which if I will assume maybe that this is your least played topic and so feel free to to stretch the definition of of miniature game but what miniature <laughs> game are you washing the shore with uh i don't play miniatures games right that's what i so, thought uh, when i when i moved to ohio a few years ago the guy who re- you know i'm glad i changed my be my board game geek uh, location or whatever because he just happened to be searching and he looked at my collection and said hey here's a guy who likes the games i do and he invited me over, and we, we 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 still play now. In fact, I'm going to play Eclipse Second Dawn with him tomorrow and a couple oh, other nice. guys. Uh, looking forward to that. I, I'm not really a big Ameritrash guy and uh, uh, never played Twilight Imperium, so uh, Eclipse will be a great uh, opportunity to get into that genre. But he also loves to play mini games. And, you know, hey, I told him I'll play anything once, right? And if I like it, oh, great. If I don't, fine. And and I've played a few different uh, systems with him. I couldn't even name them. They they didn't make that much of a didn't resonate with me. Um, but if he pulled one out uh, next week, I'd be fine. Let's play. But uh, so I can't really say miniature games are my thing. I mean, technically, then I guess I'd have to say Memoir Forty Four. <laughs> no, okay, I was yeah, <laughs> nice. Uh, shoot, I'm sure there'd be something else in there, but I haven't I haven't come up with one uh, off the top of my head. Uh, that has them. You know, I don't play any of those uh, Star Trek or Star Wars uh, games that are with the minis on the table. Don't play any of those. 
Don't play Warhammer, none of that stuff. I think that stuff's fun to look at on the table, especially the folks that have all the terrain and the Napoleonic battles and whatnot. I think it looks awesome. Uh, I love to gawk at it, and but I can pass on playing it. Very good. Well, I, I was wondering where you were going to take it. I'm not surprised by your choice after hearing your first choice. But it, I was thinking, I was like, what What Euro comes with like a, a miniature that like marks first player or something oh, like that? You know, well, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, fine. If, we're, if we'll stretch into Euros, I don't know. I mean, there's a game called Tapestry that has some of the most beautiful minis. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know. I'm uh, playing that. I don't know if I like it or not. I, I think I do, but it's, it's pretty good. You know, I played it a couple times. Played it with my son. He's he's you know I talked about him when he was four years old. He's he's out of college and gainfully employed, uh, living off on his own, uh, and we still get together. But I have one chance to win a game with him. So if I don't win the first game we play of a new oh, game, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice. Never in the future. So we played we played Tapestry three times. Uh, came within one point of him the first time, and then the others have been dozens of points. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ticket to Ride has miniatures. You could really upset some gamers by by using Ticket to Ride as your mini game choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Memoir pushes it for sure, but I love it. Uh, that's yeah. Everyone is free to stretch those games in in any way they can. Yeah, I'm scrolling through my collection right now, and I'm like, yeah, I don't have a whole lot here that has much in the way of minis. <laughs> uh, certainly not on the when we're really talking about the war game side, right? Right, uh, right. Oh, hey, there's side that has those mech minis. There you go. There you go. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll, we take this. All right, Bill, it's time. It's time for the hot seat. Are you ready? Sure. Hit it. The only, the only thing I'll just say for, for sake of brevity is if I say war game, that includes like all historical games and, and all that stuff. It's just... Uh, you don't want to go on a three-hour digression on what is a war game? I sure don't. You can you can find if you want to go on that journey, you can find sources out there and partake. But I've never no, been. Thanks. I find that one of the more tedious uh, conversations that continually come up. Absolutely. So I'll say more games, but just so everyone's clear. All right, are you ready, sir? Absolutely. Okay. Favorite military topic to play a war game on. Now, what do you mean by war game? Yeah. No, I'm. <sighs> I, I'm going to go with the inner 14-year-old in me, and I'm going to say it's the Civil War. Nice. Favorite scary movie? I don't do scary movies. Okay. That'll cross out some questions that we have coming up, but fine. Uh, best gaming experience? And I don't mean like broad. Like, Do you have a specific memory where it's like, whoa, that was one of the best times I've had playing games? <laughs> uh, you know... I'm going to I'm going to cheat here and I'm going to tell you it's the it's the mid-sized cons that I go to whether it's the Buckeye Game Fest War Room Historic Fest uh are, are the two main ones. I I do go to Combat Commander Con every year. You know, all two years it's existed. I've been uh you know, so like I said grand history there, but you know, I've been what uh, three Historic Fest two two uh Combat Commander Cons, uh three or four Buckeye Game Fests. Those are the ones, right? Because I see the same people year after year. Mm. And you catch up like you hadn't missed them at all in the past 52 weeks or whatever it is. You know, I might see a couple of them other times during the year, but I might not. And it's, an, it's a great opportunity to be face to face, even if they're people that I keep up with online throughout the year and, and, uh, and whatnot. So it's those mid-sized cons and, and what that really does for the camaraderie of the hobby. 
Now, normally I don't provide commentary after questions on the hot seat, but one, I agree 100%. Two, I did not put that question in there to, to fish for a historic fest response, so I appreciate that. And I agree that that is one of the highlights for me. I was looking for like, well, this one time I played, uh, I played Memoir Forty Four with my buddy Tommy Wells, and but that's I'll also accept yeah. uh, midsize. Well, look, you know, I, the the first thing I almost said, and I and I, and I didn't want to go into that much detail because it's a you know more than thirty second story. But heck, you open the door for me, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, this past year at Historic Fest, I'm uh, sorry, uh, Buckeye Game Fest. Too many fests out there uh, at Buckeye Game Fest. Uh, I think it was Saturday night and uh, six of us were playing the thing. Uh, there's so many different thing games, but uh, out the outpost, whatever the number was. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Playing with the players aid guys and uh, uh, three other guys that I, that, you know, I've, I've gotten no over the years. I'm, I'm human. I'm not, I'm not the thing I'm, I'm human. And we go and we have a tough challenge in front of us. And I'm like, guys, we got this. I was pretty sure that we were all human there. No one was going to sabotage the mission. No one was, was trying to, 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 to have us fail. We passed it. But then uh, one of the consequences was we had to do a follow-up challenge immediately. Okay, great. Well, I didn't bother pulling up my cards. Uh, I knew what order my cards were in. And I just, I'm like, guys, I got this uh, for mine. No problem for me. And I just took the top card on my deck and slid it. Well, it was only the top card of my deck when I was looking at it. It was the bottom card of my deck when it was face down. And I slid in a sabotage card. (laughs) And here I am completely human. Everybody knows it's me who put it in because they figured it out in about five seconds. And I tried lying that no, it wasn't me uh, because I realized right away my mistake. You know, for the next 15 minutes, I'm trying to tell people, no, I'm really, that was, I'm, it wasn't me. I'm, I'm human. Blah, blah, blah. And, and to win the game, you kind of have to have everybody who's human get off, got off the base and on the chopper and not take any of the things with you. Uh, and finally, at the end of the day, I just had to fess up and say, tell them what happened and say, please believe me. Uh, but it was a hoot. We talked about that for a day and a half afterwards. That's awesome and amazed me and amazing and reminds me of your ending to Founding Fathers when you oh, uh, sure. think the country intentionally and you just like miscalculated uh, how many like victory points Keith was holding back over there or whatever. That now, I will say in my defense, I, wasn't, <laughs> I, I didn't know that I was going. I didn't think I w- for sure was going to win. I was pretty sure I would at best it was 50-50. It was, of course, it wasn't that close, right? Uh, it, no. was, it was a blowout, but I knew I had zero chance to win if the game continued. Fair. So Fair. Uh, even even if my deluded sense was it was fifty fifty, if I ended the game, uh, yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> okay. No, I love it. I love both stories. All right. What's a game you've always wanted to play but haven't? Oh wow! World in Flames. Nice. I, I will never play it, more than likely. But it's one of those ones that just seems to me is a classic for a lot of folks. That uh, 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 you know, like I said, I'm, I'll never have anybody to play with. I don't have the space. Uh, the, I, they did a Kickstarter five or six years ago, and they they were their main selling point was the square meters that this the the board took up or the maps took up. I mean, when, when that's the kind of game you're advertising, holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No joke. 
Uh, what's your favorite Halloween candy? Uh, Payday. Favorite comic book character? Spider-Man. Favorite war game series? But I got to go with uh, Combat Commander. Favorite football player of all time? Jack Lambert. What war game series has missed for you? Oh, wow. that I was doing so good on Rapid Fire. Um, <laughs> what has missed? MBT. Nice. Finland or Russia? Finland. Best city to get barbecue in? Midland, Texas. I know. I well, know. Folks, I that's going to do it for us tonight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite uh, war game scale. Oh, I missed that. Favorite war game scale. Operational. Favorite soccer team. Columbus Crew. Pathfinder or D and D. Pathfinder. Game on your table right now. Captain's C. Oh, that's the one on one naval battles yeah. from Mike Nagel. Same guy that did Flying Colors in that series. That's, a, that's an awesome one. Uh, favorite I'm next war title. That week from Saturday, so I'm okay. got it out learning it. Great. Favorite next war title. I'm going to say India Pakistan because yes. it's the one I've played the most of. So there's that. Uh, just finished a game of that, uh, playing with Don, uh, you know, Don, and and we've mm-hmm. played for pretty much uh, 11, 12 months on a bunch of Sundays. Uh, and uh, we finally wrapped that one up. And last week we started Vietnam. So maybe Vietnam will get there. Uh, playing Poland online. Uh, Mitch is running an online tournament uh, mm-hmm. with a tournament scenario that he, uh, uh, well, uh, someone uh, helped develop. Uh, I think there's 16 people that are playing in that, so that's a pretty nice size for a game like that. Awesome. Uh, favorite sports simu- simulator game, simulation game. So, oh man, you're killing me. I'm gonna go with History Maker Golf. Nice. Dusty I can't Rhodes believe or- I didn't say Stratomatic Baseball, but I'll go with History Maker Golf. I like the I like the unique pick. Uh, Dusty Rhodes or Ric Flair? Oh, Ric Flair. Oh. I, I I can't believe I I oh as much as I hated him in the eighties that that's how good he was to make you hate him right of course of course uh, smoky jazz bar or tiki bar smoky jazz bar fiction Sorry, or man. not no, that's all right fiction or nonfiction fiction oh gosh yes the answer is yes <laughs> uh, last great book you read oh now you are really kidding great book yeah um. Not just good. It's got to be great. I know. Great book. Oh. And I'm a big reader, too. You are. Bill is. I can confirm that. Based off your Goodreads, you read a ton. Oh. Is there something that's been great? Um, Oh, man. I am going to go with... um, Darn it. The name is escaping. Great book, and the name's escaping me right now. Uh, (laughs) With the old breed. So there it is. With the old breed. Great. Great choice. Um, McClellan or MacArthur? It's lose lose. I was going to say, am I right? Who's the biggest uh, blankety blank? I'll go go with MacArthur because McClellan was was, uh, uh, probably more evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The questions are open to interpretation, so but yeah, I, that's, that's the right answer. Uh, what's your favorite book? Man, <laughs> see, I don't do favorites very well. Heck of a show for me to come on and uh, to, to do that. Uh, I will, I will go with the found the original Foundation trilogy. Oh yes, yeah, that's great. I read that uh, about ten years ago for the first time. It's fantastic. 
Best penguin players, penguins player of all time. Well, it's Mario. Okay. I mean, there's, but there's choices, right? Like it's you. Yeah. I, I think it's Mario Lemieux, but like there's choices. There's contenders. Oh, sure. I mean, you could pick Yager. Uh, yep, you're wrong. Yep. You could pick Yager. Uh, Crosby. You could go with Sidney Crosby. Yep. But, but Mario, yeah. not only was he uh, arguably, well, he's one of the best five players of all time. All right. Uh, yeah. But then he, Saved the team, kept him in Pittsburgh, and and was a good owner. Well, there you go. You heard it from Bill Mario Lemieux, yeah. best penguin of all time. Who wins the twenty twenty four Stanley Cup? I don't know. The season doesn't start until April, so I have plenty of time to figure it out. <laughs> it is a long season. Uh, Pacific or Band of Brothers? Band of Brothers. Alien or aliens? See, we're right back to the topic. Uh, I have never seen either one, but the answer is aliens. Okay. What game have we gotten dead wrong on the every war game ever list? Zeppelin Raider. No, I have. <laughs> uh, no, it's not Zeppelin Raider. Um, <laughs> gosh, uh, I'm going to have to think. Of, um, I don't have the list in front of me, so that's going to that's that's tough. That's okay. We can we can move uh, on, or you can uh, g- give me like two seconds, right? Um, What's what would it be? What do I like that you guys didn't? Um, could be the other way around, but generally it, it, it's uh, pretty good. Um, ah, I don't have it at the tip of my tongue. That's okay. Scotch or bourbon? Uh, bourbon. Nimitz or MacArthur? Nimitz. If you could wash ashore with one movie, which movie? Oh, gosh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> I, I have a favorite trashy movie. Yeah, yes. Love it. And it's it's the one that that I'm going to bring. And hey, you know what? Judge me all you want. Roadhouse. Awesome. Okay. Okay. That is a movie that I, if it's, if, you know, there was a time where it was always on uh, TBS or even, uh, I haven't had HBO in years, but I know it used to be on HBO all the time. And if I saw it was on on the channel guide, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put it on. Even if I'm doing something else in the house, it's going to just be on. Nice. Uh, what's the next new to you game you want to play in 2023? Well, uh, kind of cheating since it's, I already told you it's on my table. It's Captain oh, C. Fair. Although fair. Eclipse, uh, you know, there's Eclipse tomorrow, Captain C next week. <laughs> uh, I've, that's uh, the next two that I know are in front of me. Uh, but since one I didn't name yet, I'll go with Saratoga from the Battles of the American Revolution series. Cool. Favorite RPG class to play? Fighter. Best sports movie ever made? Man. There's too many to pick from. Uh, I'm going to go, you know what? The heck with it. I, I just was uh, seeing something about the other day. Major League. Okay. Love it. Fantasy or sci-fi? Yes. But if World I had War to pick War- fantasy, if I had to pick fantasy, World War One or World War Two, Two. Civil War, or Napoleonic's Civil War. Favorite MMP game? Oh, um, I'm gonna cheat the GCACW series. I take it. Favorite Compass game? The Third World War. Nice. Uh, what's a war game hidden gem? Or you know, I'll expand it. What's a, a game hidden gem you'd recommend to listeners? Oh, um, hidden gem. 
meaning I love it and other people might not have heard of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mentioned History Maker Golf. So if you like sports sims, play with two A's uh, does a lot of fun ones, right? So I think they're not as well known. Uh, although one. they've started showing up at a couple cons. Uh, so they're they're trying to get out there. But they're a they're literally a dad and his son uh, uh, that print things that. out. So it's, it's uh, pretty small. If you want to go uh, a little bit more mainstream and, and not down the realm of, of uh, uh, sports sims, then I'll pick something like, I mean, these guys are well-known, but I'm going to go with Roads and Boats. Uh, you familiar with Splatter? Oh, of course, yep. Yep, yep. I think Roads and Boats is a tremendous uh, game for someone who wants to just really dig in. Roads and Boats desperately needs a reprint especially because the first edition of Roads and Broads had so many uh, printing issues and like sometimes the counters would be unreadable, but that is like Splatter needs to reissue uh, Roads and Boats. And I think they did. They, oh, they have. Yeah. That's the yeah, version I got is the most recent one. Yeah, I waited years for a reprint. I, excuse me. I think the 2013 was the edition that had the issues. The okay, first yeah, edition they have, was they've, had one, they've had a reprint since then. Yeah. Since 2013. Yes. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. I yeah. Let me double check uh, versions. Oh, is that the most recent? Is it real? Oh sure. gosh, I'm it's been a while. flying. And so some of the subprint in thirteen had some like some of the counters weren't readable. I think oh. that's a great choice. Um, I haven't played it. I want to play it. Um, so that works for me. Uh, but, but, but favorite TV show? Gosh, I don't watch TV anymore. <laughs> um, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh, nice. I'm on a big Star Trek kick. Love it. What's a war game series you haven't played but want to? Series that I haven't played that want to? Uh, the, um, ah, what's the name of the series? Uh, it's the one that ha- is uh, Tinian and um, uh, the, the Marianas campaign. So there's Tinian. There's, uh, what else is there? It's a, it's a compass game. Uh, what else is in the series? Um, oh, you're talking, is that a, that's a Starkweather joint, right? That's yes, uh, company yes, scale it's, system. It's Starkweather. I think there's Guam and I don't know what the third one is. Yeah. Company scale system. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's again, he's got more games to his name than I can ever remember. Right. But uh, yeah, I think that one has some, some oh, Saipan is the other one. Yeah. If, if well, they, if they fix, figure that out i think there's a good amount in there because i think monolomar is one i had and i got okay, rid of it because yeah, there, yeah. there was some some errata that needed to happen but we're not here for that finally alas, alas yeah. we are in a as much as we like to think this is mainstream stuff it is bailing wire and and uh and string holding everything together man absolutely true all right final one what's the greatest game ever made it's the U.S. Civil War. Just Damn straight. You. Just for you. I appreciate it. Someone someone had to get it right finally. We can conclude the series. I was just waiting for someone to come along and, and give the right answer. I, <laughs> I'm laughing. I don't, I don't think uh, Ardwolf knew the, uh, the shtick. No, uh, no, no. Because he, he just like straight up answered. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> you could say that, I guess. 
So, I, to be frank, the reason I don't get more games played than I do is because I listen to too many darn people, and I know too many people <laughs> stick. <laughs> uh, too many, too many YouTube shows, too many pod- podcasts, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, it's a full time job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a podcast junkie as well, and and I I agree. All right, well, I'm gonna turn the tables on you. Favorite podcast? Favorite podcast? Like in what? It depends. Like board gaming? Oh, or? Yeah, oh sure, sure. When it's you answering the question, it depends. Is a fine oh, okay. So just straight up favorite podcast. Who? 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 What do I listen to without fail? Most things I go off and on on the one like tried and true. Although I haven't listened to most recent season. Uh, damn, this is hard. I'll go Old Gods of Appalachia. I like it that much. Okay, okay, great. Uh, which is a the, horror. The right answer is Hardcore History, but okay. I've never listened to Hardcore History. Oh. I know. And people have recommended it for topics, and I've just never... I think I've like fired it up a couple times, and I just don't stick with it. Well, you, you know, you he has a perfect voice for nighttime radio. Mm. And, I, and that's what he did, I think, right? He was a radio uh, host. Okay. Uh, and it it's just... I, I love it. I'm not a big fan of six-hour episodes when they come out. I'm like, come sure. on. You know, do like everybody else. Break it in hour-long episodes or something, right? But uh, uh, it is what it is. I'll take what I can get. So that's one of the reasons why Old Gods is so good. He's got a voice made for Appalachian horror. Yeah, uh, yeah. If for an obscure pick, one I, I don't think I've mentioned on the show ever, ever before. Maybe I did. I don't normally like interview shows. I say that as I'm doing an interview. But... I will listen to a lot of, not as they come out, but when I'm low on podcasts, it's called Get Up in the Cool. And he conducts interviews with folk artists. Uh, so like banjo players, players, uh, folk singers, those types of things. And they're really good. And if they'll do, sometimes they'll do jam sessions on the show, whatever. It's it's uh, it's very good if you like interview shows, which I don't always always do. All right, I'm going to give you one here that you, I'm going to tell you you need to listen to. All right, give it to uh, me. And it is uh, a fixed number of episodes because they've stopped production. It's two seasons. It's called 1865. Oh, that's on my list. Okay, I, I highly recommend it. I mean, it is uh, it is historical fiction, right? Because right. it is based on the real story, and it and the season one is picks up right after Lincoln's been shot and it's about Edwin Stanton, the secretary of war season two is about Ulysses S grant. Uh, and mm. it is riveting stuff. You're now the, the second person to wash ashore and recommend that podcast. Um, I don't think he recommended it in his interview, but Jason from advance after combat is a big fan of 1865. Okay. And ever, okay. ever since he's told me about that, it's been in my podcast catcher, but it's like, I want to be able to, like I recently re-listened to all the old God stuff and I turned off everything, every other like podcast, they all got put further in the queue until I got done binging all of old gods again. Um, oh, and gosh. So that's, I'll, you know what? I'll do 1865. I'm going to put it. I, in. I, I, I can't it do that, man. I have about 90 different podcasts that, <laughs> that uh, now some of them are defunct, right? And, and right. some they'll, I keep them there in case they ever put out a new episode, but Yeah. My interests uh, vary way too much. Like I just bounce around in interest. So like I have a lot of like retro gaming podcasts that I still subscribe to, but I only listen to them when I'm particularly into into video gaming. Uh, Voluminous, I really like Voluminous, but I don't listen to that 
all the time. It's just like when I'm feeling particularly Lovecraftian or, or Cthulhu, I, w- I want to listen to um, Voluminous. But they might be done. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that one. I have cut out. I've cut out most gaming podcasts, uh, other than a select few. Uh, um, Voluminous. Um, they if read. I just all... say one thing that I have most. It's history type sure. shows. So Voluminous is two guys reading all of Lovecraft's letters. Uh, oh gosh, that, that has to be awful. I mean, well, from a the, content standpoint. Yeah, but the, their commentary is really good. Um, but I'm looking here, and they haven't released an episode since April, which tells you the last time I listened to them. Oh, yeah, I guess they announced it. Well, that's kind of sad. So they said that this is probably the final episode. Oh, that always that always that always stinks. Yeah, uh, dang. So they run the uh, HP Lovecraft Historical Society, and they do a bunch of audio uh, recordings of of his books. It's it's. Uh, Again, I thought, wow, that's got to be boring. But actually, it was always pretty good. Wow, dang. I'm kind of bummed out. I got to go back and listen to that and see what, what happened. Talk about Anyways. needing to separate the art from the artist. H.P. Lovecraft is like the poster child for that, huh? Yeah, right. I mean, there's, uh, you know, fortunately, what I'll say is that there's been, uh, I just started a John Horner Jacobs book. And for, there's been a lot of modern, uh, there's been a modern resurgence in, in, eldritch horror and the great thing is is they're not bigots <laughs> so <Yes>. like <laughs> yeah uh, and there's been there's been some that turn directly on the head they will tell lovecraft tales and make them so overtly in the face of pointing out that lovecraft was a racist piece of shit and they they confront that directly uh so that's good but like john horner jacobs was just another recently one i started listening to there's been some really great modern artists uh who go against uh Lovecraft's bigotry, which is good. All right. Anyways, well, I I enjoyed the detour at the end. Um, obviously, I, I think you, you and I could both talk a, a lot about the things the things we enjoy. Uh, but I do appreciate you coming on to the show, Bill. Well, I I say thanks for inviting me, but I think this means I'm stranded on a desert island now. Yeah, but Scarjo's here, and so are a ton of games. There we go. We 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 can work with that. Someone, someone will wash ashore with like naval minis someday, and that'll be our that'll be our ticket out of here. We'll be like, I'm bringing, <laughs> I'm bringing all the minis for the battle of for all of World War II naval action or something like that, and be like, great, we now have enough ships to get us home. We just need someone to be brave enough to commit to that. So, Bill, do you want to do you want to plug anything, or is there anything you wanted to cover, or do you want to? say where people can find you or any of those things or anything like that? You know, uh, generally you can find me uh, anywhere on the socials at Bill Simone. Uh, I don't have any shows to flog. Uh, I'm not a content producer, whether it be word, audio, or video. So uh, I don't have that pressure to produce, man. But we should say that this winter we will have the Historical Board Game Awards, which Bill and I put on. That's right. That's right. I've been, I've been trying to keep a list of all the games uh, released in 2023. We'll oh, see how successful true. I am. I'm sure when we publish the list to our vote uh, to our voting committee, I'll be told that I've missed something obvious. But I'm trying to keep tabs on it. Bless bless your heart, because that is that is a daunting task. Well, folks, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Deserted Island Dice. 
This was recorded on September 22nd. We will be back with more Deserted Island dice. There are some in the queue. And if you're listening to this on release date, just know that the normal episode of History on the Table will record on September 30th, which means that that'll probably come out sometime in early October, which is why you're hearing this at the end of the month. So a little double dosing for you if you want to come hang out with us which i highly recommend you do check out the history on the table discord there'll be a link down in the show notes you can find us on socials at history table pod history table pod uh wherever you look for us that type of thing that's going to do it for us folks good night